Lisa Gunger started loving music and art as a child. After college, she began recording and traveling with a band that eventually turned into the Grammy-nominated musical collective simply known as Gunger. Lisa now lives in Los Angeles with her husband and their two beautiful and wild girls, Amelie and Lucy. She continues to write for Gunger, Planet Moon, and The Liturgist, plus contributes to a handful of other publications. She joins us this week at Good, True, and Beautiful as we discuss her latest book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Seen, Opening Your Eyes to Wonder. Hi, I'm Ashton Gustafson, and welcome to Good, True, and Beautiful. Hey friends, Ashton Gustafson here, and welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. Um, man, I am just beyond excited uh, and honestly just honored to have a lovely guest, um, a fellow mystic and a wonderful young lady that sees the world uh, through a lens of beautiful colors. She just put a new book out at the end of June called The Most Beautiful Thing I've Seen, Opening Your Eyes to Wonder. You may or may not know uh, her voice, but you've probably heard it before. Um, she is half of a little uh, band called Gunger, and um, you've probably heard her husband before, host of The Liturgist. Um, and her name is Lisa Gunger, and she was so kind enough to say yes to this interview. Uh, and more than anything, I'm just super stoked to get to know her, introduce you guys to her story, uh, and just see where this conversation goes as we kind of walk the road of wonder a little bit. So, um, Lisa, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Man, so... Um, I mean, I, that was a, that wasn't like the best overview of, of you and your life's work, but like where, where, when, when you introduce yourself and your work in the world, where, where do you begin? Oh, you know, I just begin with all the kindergarten certificates that I got, you know, just all the, all the prizes. I've... <laughs> I love it. And I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think we, normally when people ask like what kind of introduction want even as a band yeah. normally like ah. <laughs> yeah yeah we we uh we happen to love this thing called music and when words are necessary we lay it over it um mm. and mm-hmm. uh i don't know maybe you can you can use that if you want to um thank you i will i, I just wrote it down <laughs> nice yes so musician um and now you're a writer and you've got this um i mean like th- this book the most beautiful thing I've seen. First off, the shade of pink that's on this is really rad. Um, I'm <laughs> oh, not, thank you. I'm not yeah. sure what that color is, but it's. I've never seen it on a book, so it's beautiful. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. And and so this book was like your personal memoir, kind of your journey, uh, faith journey, a little bit of 
where doubt and angst and joy and strife and, and discovery and rediscovery and unlearning. Um, I mean, how, how do you kind of set the tone for, I guess, the when, the why, and the how of writing this book? Oh, man, uh, the when, why, and the how. I, I began writing it because it was... It, I just felt like I had to write to mm. process a lot of the things I was feeling. Um, I think I was afraid to voice a lot of my fears. And um, when you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, writing mm. is really beautiful therapy. And it's like you're writing to yourself even. Um, I think I think that's where it began. It began out of this need to process but I didn't think it was going to be a book I thought it was just these things I was writing mm. uh, for therapy for my own self um, but I was approached by Stephanie Smith who is an editor and I didn't know I didn't know until I think about a year maybe after she sent me an email asking if I would write a book uh, because we had our daughter, Lucy, and we, we, we weren't checking. After that happened, I mean, she had two surgeries. Uh, we, our, our lives were flipped upside down. Um, and that's also we, when we faced a lot of criticism uh, publicly from our shift in belief. So we weren't checking our band emails. <laughs> we were just like trying to hold on for dear life. Yep. Um, and we, I saw that we, she had sent an email asking if I'd ever be interested in writing a book. And I think at the, at the time I just thought, no, I, this is too, it's too soon. I'm learning so much. Uh, I didn't, I was processing through so, so much. I didn't even know what, what I would say. Uh, so, so I put it on this like I put it in the back of my mind and but then just kept writing um like small journal entries essays whatever you want to call it and then it was probably a year later that I thought I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do this hmm. and uh I mean it's kind of I I never thought that's something that I would do uh First of all, in high school, like I, when I had to write a ten-page paper, I hated it. <laughs> I just, I like, yeah, is that going to be double-spaced my... or single-spaced? <laughs> I know. Can I have a lot of like drawings in this book? <laughs> um, but I was amazed at how much I in, I had to cut out. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it was it was interesting how much just started coming and coming, and there were days it was really difficult to sit down and write, and then. And, days I had a lot of self-doubt and then days that it just flowed real easily mm -hmm. um, but the process was wow it was a lot more profound than I thought it would be the process of writing a book yeah yeah the process of like committing to that truth in the moment that you experience and you're like all right I'm gonna put this on paper now this is what I this is how mm -hmm. I see the world and understand it now um yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a fair amount of uh, 
you know, I think every personality, it, it's interesting, the people who intrinsically, like, they know that they have this um, uh, permission, I guess, to hmm. tell their story. And then there's people who don't, I feel like, and I'm probably the person who, who felt like I didn't have permission to tell my story as I saw it. Hmm. And there were times I would write something down and then I would just delete it think oh but that's just how I saw it like I what about everyone else's perspective on this and mm-hmm. then I have to remind yeah. myself no this is your story how you saw it yeah. I don't I don't have to think of everyone else's perspective on this because uh, I, I think it I had this feeling that I if I didn't think about everyone else's perspective then it wasn't true somehow hmm. or I thought oh but this sounds sadder or, or this sound this person sounds sadder than it then maybe I'm making this part more t- so dramatic when in reality it was incredibly dramatic yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're depressed and you feel like you can't get out of bed and you think life is over I mean that's dramatic so I think when you're outside of that it's easy to in hindsight to think gosh well I was just being so dramatic hmm. but and life is life is emotions life is dramatic so I had to give myself permission to explain how all of that felt. I could see the stars dancing with the moonlight, hear the strings ringing out in the sunrise. I think the, the quote exactly was something like listen or learning how to tune out the noise in your life and listen to your heart and trust yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. hold my hand on that idea because I think that for some of our listeners, yeah, they may not all be writing books, right? Um, Mm -hmm. but there is this beautiful crossroad in life where you do start to learn to trust that inner knowing, trust, um, that deep truth within you. And I, and I think, I mean, really that's a lot of this book is I think your journey into that trust um, mm-hmm. talk me through learning to trust yourself. Yeah, well, I think it's, so I'm, I'm an Enneagram too. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I constantly go back between like, am I two or am I a four? I resonate yeah. with fours a lot, but I'm a four. All, are you a four? Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice, yeah. So I. But a two goes to four in strength, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's, so I think that's why. No. Um, in my healthiest no. moments, I stop caring about how this is going to look for other people, and mm. I'm just creating a work. But yeah. but when I every time I've created something, whether it be you know a painting or a drawing, or um, when I was going to school, I went to school for for interior architecture. The whole thrust of it was how is this going to help people? Like, how can I help people live in, in a surrounding that makes them feel like a whole human being, you know, <laughs> music, it was all about how can this help open the human heart? Uh, so it all had this like helping vibe behind it. Um, whether I, that was a learned thing or, you know, yeah. how can we really pull apart and separate all the things that make right. us, us? Right. There's, there's no way to know. So, so um, 
my journey of learning to, to trust myself, I think it was difficult because so much of my identity comes from other people and how, so how do you see me? And I'm, am I accepted by you? If I'm accepted by you, then I accept myself. And um, mm-hmm. if I'm helping enough with other people, then that makes me a good human being. Um, so it's hard for it to, to turn inward and look at your own yeah. Yeah. self and um, to shut off to other voices, to not really care, which I think is what so Michael's a five and I think that's what really one of the many things that drew me to him is his fiveness he just didn't care it's <laughs> like he just didn't care about what other people thought he just my perception was he is just fully himself yeah and uh, I mean his you know he, he would say other things about that he's so wrapped up in his head and sometimes he feels uncomfortable but um uh, there's something about that that I that I so loved, and I kind of tried on mm. um, during that season of my life, where I was learning to trust myself. And I think, I think though this isn't intended in all the time, uh, with the Christian story, the story is that we are broken from our start, and that we have to have this thing uh save our brokenness right in lieu of original blessing yes yeah yeah so so you're broken needs you you need to be fixed yeah i need to be fixed there's something intrinsically wrong with me which i wouldn't have said when i was a kid like i didn't feel that yeah but when you're told that enough you oh and it's amazing you start believing it who would have thought (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, so it's supposed to be this really beautiful story but but it's interesting how that changes our posture towards our own selves and how i learned to really believe that the core of who i was was intrinsically bad Hmm. uh and that i couldn't trust um what my own, what my body was telling me. Um, and, and there's a difference. I think there's, we are, we are emotional beings. Um, I absolutely have my moments of flying off the rails and I know that I am not making logical decisions. I'm a human being. Like we are, we're full of emotions, all of us, yeah. not just women, amazingly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there's a difference between, like knowing that and all and listening, listening to our bodies. And I think for a while I shut that part of myself down because I would listen to myself and my body and what it was saying, situations I would be in uh, where I was told my voice didn't matter because I was a woman or my voice didn't matter because I wasn't smart enough or my voice didn't matter because, um, because it wasn't this the most educated voice in the room. Um, and so there's a lot of self-doubt uh, and questioning. And so I think when I, I, I just always felt like I needed to defer to someone else's opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, 
just just constantly so it's really strange freeing and scary when you shift that narrative and you begin to listen to yourself and trust what your body is saying and you're okay to not have everyone like you and you're okay to be the bad guy uh so I think that there's an aspect where that's I think that plays into the two-ness but I think it also plays into the story of women and how we there's a certain when women when girls hit puberty um, research has shown that they you start shifting um, yourself to defer to guys because you realize that that makes them feel strong and powerful and that makes them like you and if you're better at, if you're better at something than a boy is they're not going to like you and they're going to feel embarrassed like I, I specifically remember like being in this race and I beat some of the boys because I was a really fast runner and they didn't like it and they didn't talk to me after I beat them and they were made fun of ah boy or a girl, a girl beat you, a girl beat you. And they're making fun of the boy. And this, I happened to like this boy and then he didn't like me. And so I started realizing, oh, if I'm, I need to pretend like I'm not as good uh, at this particular thing in order for someone to like me or I need to lesser, I need to make my voice um, quieter or less than so that I don't cause a scene or so I don't say something that they're not going to like. Mm. Um, so I definitely would not have had the words for that until now. Right. You know, right, yeah. um, but especially like writing this book as you're writing the story of your life, like it's, it things become clear and became more in focus of, Oh, this is, this is what actually was happening to me without my knowledge uh, of it even happening. Um and I'd say I'm still learning that. I'm still learning how to listen to myself, uh, listen to my body, and and even listen to others from a truer place now as well. Wow. Yeah, I, I loved, you had a, uh, I'm not sure where it was in the book, but one of the things that you wrote was that you got to a place where you had found you found truth was more a thing that your tribe didn't own, and you found that love was much bigger than your idea of it. Um, and and so, as you as you started to trust yourself um, and sift through seeing the world through some new lenses, um, talk to me about this idea of love being much bigger than anything else that you'd ever known. Because I think. Uh, you, 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 love is so like, you can't define it. I don't think any of us want to define it, but we just know that it is that thing which is drawing us. I even think somewhere I had, oh, I'll underline somewhere. Where did you say? It was like, whatever is in you that really can see, not your eyes, mm -hmm. but something else. I love that quote, by the way. Um, oh, it's like you. high-fiving you through the phone for that sentence. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so t talk about that, because that's where this book leads. This, this book leads, it's not like it's uh, a map for everyone, right? You're not going, here's the mm -hmm. 10 points for you to follow. Um, mm -hmm. It really is, uh, I think it's a permission slip. Uh, I, think, I think this book is a, um, hey, yeah, discover, wonder, um, get caught up in awe. Um, I'd love to hear you chat through just kind of your heart behind um, arriving at love that was more grand than any other truth that you had yeah. been taught before. 
Yeah, well, I think it's, and that, that points to what you asked earlier about trusting yourself and listening to yourself. So there are these moments that I, that I let outline in the book. Um, I think the first really profound change um, for me was with my first daughter. So like, like I had said in the book, it's like, there's these little moments here and there where I'm feeling my heart open and I'm feeling like my perspective on everything is maybe not, it is not the only true perspective. <laughs> Cause I grew up thinking that like right. this, this is my tribe and the, the Christian way it, this, this is the only way to live. And I need to tell everybody else, this is the only way to live. And this is the only way that you can really love people um, is through Christianity. I remember um, someone I trusted, I was one of my best friends. Her parents had this a beautiful, amazing marriage, but they weren't Christians. And I remember someone saying, isn't that a shame that they, they're not Christians? Their love is not real love wow. because they're not Christians. I remember being so confused as a child. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, man, I see a lot of Christians have this love that's really shitty and they treat each other terrible. Um, They're one way in public and another way in their private life. And my, I mean, my friend would talk about her parents' marriage. Like it was this beacon for her. Hmm. And so I didn't understand that, but, but I definitely subscribed to it. Like I just held on to that love. Yep, too bad. Their love isn't real love because it's not God's love. You know, they they're lost. They don't know what the real love is. So, mm-hmm. so I begin having these experiences as people do in my life, and the birth of my first daughter brought this this love, this expansive love. Um, that's and honestly, that's when I stopped believing in literal lake of fire and hell because everyone told me that I would understand, I would understand God's love more when I had her, but the God that, that I had constructed, that my, that this vein of my religion had told me was that I would send that child to burn forever Hmm. in hell if she rejected my love, you know? So, so I, I think we have these moments where our body and our heart is leading us into something really beautiful but we can be afraid of our own heart. And those are the, those, I, I felt that. I felt a lot of fear. And then when my daughter Lucy was born, I felt that same thing. Um, again, when, when, my, when Michael told me that he was an atheist, I felt that same thing. Um, oh, this is the moment that I should be afraid of you because you're outside of the lines that I've drawn. And, and it's, we're afraid of, we're afraid of the unknown. We're just, we're just afraid of what we don't know. And, um, but everything within me is saying, yeah, open your eyes more, expand yourself. But then I was so afraid to, because I didn't trust my own heart because I'm told my own heart, the core of me is broken and bad. So I'd have this intense, 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 tension and wrestle with myself so it was not this like new perspective that came easily it was the most intense battle that I faced uh because my heart is saying 
no, see your husband for the beautiful human he is. But no, I don't want to. I'm, I, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be against him. Or with my daughter with special needs, be afraid because her life, I've been told her life is going to just be suffering and your life and my own life would be suffering because now, now I, my whole life is going to be about taking care of a person and what oppression is that, you know, what is that going to take away from all the dreams of my life? Like there's all this fear piled on fear piled on fear that my brain is doing because just because of stories that I've been told, but then my heart is doing this opening movement and that's going, Oh, this is, no, 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 this is not going to be like the stories you've been told. Open your eyes to see something else. Um, and it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's really beautiful on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Everything belongs. This, yeah. Everything <laughs> belongs. There's no line. There's no, and that's a scary, that's a really scary thing. I, I, I get it. I get that that's, that goes against really everything that I was raised with, uh, that I was raised to believe. But this is the circle that you belong in. Mm. This circle has all the truth and all the love. And then you realize that that's not true. And that there's, that's like, I mean, yeah, that's heresy like, to say, oh, no, I, all these other religions, I think we're all really, a lot of us, not, not, not everyone's ideology, but we're all going for this, the same truth and the same love. And that's, that's, um, dangerous to say Mm. right Mm. but but when you experience it right when you see it you can't go back yeah it's totally it's that experiential knowing yeah that until until you allow that circle of love to just be ever expanding that there's always room for more that there's always another seat at the table that everything belongs I, i i you have to taste that before you can mm-hmm. actually know that to be true. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so much more vast and expansive um, and lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. And even, you know, I mean, even when you just start with that North Star of love of, hey, this is this thing that keeps no record of wrongs, that hopes, that perseveres, that keeps going in the end. Why can't we get that, right? It has to be mm-hmm. rules and regulations and checklists. Um, yeah. No, it's this... Um, this beautiful thing, and I'm I'm right there with you. I hear you. Well, let's talk Rumi, because if you're gonna quote Rumi, we gotta we gotta have a Rumi quote. Um, <laughs> the the wound the wound is where the light enters you. What's that? So good. What's that? Um, how has that taught you, or what have you learned from that? Yeah. Oh man, I love that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite quotes. I almost named the book "Where the Light Comes In." Hmm. Um, that was the that was the title for quite a while because there had like a double thing uh, for me because also Lucy's name means light. 
so it's like this is this is where she enters the story you know yeah Beautiful. uh but i think it's for all of us where these, these things we're terrified of whether it be um divorce or death or you know afraid of cancer we're afraid of uh we're afraid of dying we're afraid of sickness um but it's all that unknown thing you know that i was talking about earlier we're, we're afraid of the dark we're afraid of what we can't see and what we haven't experienced but every i i i don't know how many people i talked to after we had lucy and after we had this whole uh you know existential crisis and faith crisis they're all saying the same thing they're all saying as well i never i was always afraid of fill in the blank but now you know, i was always afraid of cancer i was always afraid of death i was so afraid of divorce but now i see this was part of like there's no way my heart could have opened or this could have happened without that mm. thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really, I felt like the places that I've been most afraid of and the places that I've been most wounded have become the places that have opened my heart the most. Um, yes, these really beautiful like mountain top experiences and joy and happiness like those those are really beautiful as well but there's something when you face pain um it makes us face all the things that we're afraid of within ourselves so like when someone dies right people talk about taking stock of their own life Hmm. um so there's these things that happen in our stories that make us dig to the thing that's underneath the thing that's yeah. underneath the thing yeah. Yeah. so i could say i'm afraid of death but am i af- or no i could say i'm afraid of cancer but am i really afraid of cancer or am i afraid of pain of cancer or am i afraid of death or i am, am i afraid what happens after death or am i afraid that god is really not good and after death i'll face a not good god or am i face afraid that there's no god or am I afraid of eternity, that there's the eternal rhythm that keeps happening in this world? Am I, you know, like for what is it that even people who believe in um, reincarnation, what is the fear there? Are they afraid that they get and they go on to like a next life that's a worse, you know, more painful life? Where for me, it's like it got what it taught me is I was afraid of suffering. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not afraid of my child. I'm of having a child with special needs. I'm afraid of the suffering that I think is going to happen. It's all my perception. Um, and so I- when you are actually face that and you, you realize suffering is what well, suffering is what happens when you want what is in front of you to be different right. than it is. Yeah. Um, and again, like it's not yeah, genocide uh there's people who there's there's atrocities in the world um that is actual suffering people suffer like that's but that's different than a lot of the suffering that we create and i don't think you recognize that until you are put in a, a life crisis until you're within it and it makes you question everything and so rumi's quote 
yeah, is so profound because it's 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 when we're willing to go to the bottom to the thing that's underneath the thing you think you're afraid of yeah. that's where yeah. enlightenment comes yeah i i had the thought as i was reading this book of you did a beautiful way of guiding the reader through a real life ex- experience of what it looks like to name and absorb pain and then what it looks like to go through that and re-gift it to the world for more beauty, more clarity. Um, I think you even wrote once, like, uh, I wanted to see what was in front of me to be different than it was, so I wasn't able to receive the gift of what was. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so as you talk through suffering and you talk through pain, um, and as we talk through where the wound is, where the light enters you, um, when you, when you hit that level of consciousness to where you can start naming those things, I think that's huge in itself, um, to just name the pain. Um, Mm -hmm. you then, you then start to awaken to the electricity that's just available in the everyday mundane, right? That, that, um, then life isn't this, uh, you know, mountaintop to mountaintop experience, but yet, um, the very trees that sway above you at two o'clock in the Texas heat, that's a hundred degrees. Um, <laughs> there's, there's something in them that you connect with. And, mm-hmm. um, I think there, therein lies the gift, right. Of being able to confront the moment when you go, you know what? I didn't want this situation to be like this. That is the very moment where you go, but here's the electricity of it. Here's the beauty of the mundane. Here's where transformation can take place. Have you found that experience to be similar for you? Yes, but I but I think I wouldn't say it's mundane. Um, totally. I think that's gotcha. what's changed for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and, and I would before, all the way. Like, and that, how often do we all say that? Like, there's the sacred and the common or in the divine and the common, like all this is so ordinary, right? Every bush is on and, fire. Yeah. Yeah. And when you really feel that, they're like, it's, it, it, and that's the whole thing of like, this isn't a 10 step thing for you to experience this. Like I could tell someone every bush is burning, but until you feel it, you're not going <laughs> right. to, you're not going to get it. Like I can't just tell that to you and expect you to experience that as a human. And I yeah. think that's where this, it, intense frustration and tension comes in because because it's it's easy to tell somebody that but they're they have to learn it themselves um and that's what's so important about listening about each individual person listening to their own heart because your own heart will lead you to that but we're so like we're so busy and we so often just go like you said, the mountaintop to mountaintop experience. Uh, we think that's the thing of life so that we, we start boiling everything else down to a valley experience. Yeah. Um, where, so, so for me, it's like this whole, this whole thing has led me to the realization that I, I am, I am actually connected to everything. I'm connected to that tree. And the, you know, you can hear a lot of people, teachers saying, like, yeah, we're, we're made of stardust. And 
the universe is within our own bodies and that's a nice idea that's a nice sounding thing when you actually feel it and understand it it changes you it changes how you walk and move about in the world if i if i really believe i am separate from you and i you and i are in the same room and we're having this fight and if i really believe you're something to fight against i can tear you down in a second but if i really believe that our hearts are connected and that you and me share the same atoms as the stars and the leaves and the universe and God, then I will actually treat you different. Yeah. You know, if I'm in a fight with Michael, I mean, we've had some fights where I'm just like, we are, we are going to like tear each other down <laughs> uh, because I start viewing him. Everyone feels that in any relationship at some point or another, you're the enemy and I need to fight against yeah. you to protect myself. Yeah. But, but, if we, yeah. but if we really see that other person as part of our own heart, there's a, there is a shift. And, and I'm not, side note is I'm not saying that can, if a girl is getting raped, she, she's not going to look at her, uh, at, at the person attacking her and think, we're made of the same thing. So I'm going to let you do this to me. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. But I think if the, he saw, I'm a part of this woman. She's my very heart. Why would I want to do this to her? Like that would shift how it would shift and change so much of the violence in our mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Um, so it speaks to everything. Like, yeah, it's it's this beautiful experience that I've had, but it has it it has it doesn't just affect my own life and my own little family it's affected everything i do and how i completely how i move about in the world and my my fundamental consciousness has changed and how i treat everything totally yeah you you kind of went spiral dynamics on us at one point in the book when you said uh we can't see what we can't see sometimes it's because we are trying to scream each other scream at each other from different stages of consciousness like a dot to a line and sometimes it's because we just aren't close enough to see each other. Maybe we should lean in. Um, another high five through the microphone. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, the further I can go into you, I can find myself. And the further I can look into myself, I can find you. Um, yeah. And I think that's, which that's not me, by the way. That's Mark Nepo from a couple interviews ago. Um, mm. I, yeah, although I'm not you, I'm no, no other than you. And, um, I mean, that's loving your neighbor as yourself, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's conversation one. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we, we really believe that there's so much difference between all of us. Um, or that for me, I've made all these really amazing choices in my life to have what I have or to love my family, how I love them. But the truth is, is that I'm a, I'm, huge product of my circumstances so i what a pompous thing that would be for me to think that i'm so much better than say you know (laughs) someone who who i believe is on the wrong side of uh, politics you know um but the truth is that that has very little to do with my own personal choices it has to do with my family and the choices they made and their 
great grandparents and their great grandparents and their great grandparents. So, um, until we really see the enemy or see the neighbor, see our brother as ourselves, until we can really see that that same thing that someone might hate in Donald Trump is is also within themselves, which speaks to the wound is where the light enters you because you something happens and you go to the root of yourself and you see the darkest side of yourself. That's what's shocking as you go, oh my God, I, I didn't think I was like all those other people who are racist or all those other people who, who push people with special needs to the side, right? <laughs> There's these things that wake us up to our own bias mm. that we could never, ever, ever see before. And that only a wound can do that. Wow. Yeah. Very true. Man, well, I could do this all day. Um, I can't say enough um, good things about this uh, for you guys that are out there. And if you've enjoyed hearing Lisa's reflections, you got to go out, uh, buy a copy of this book. You will power through it page by page. I just kept turning and turning. It was it was lovely. I ask everyone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you bet. I, I ask everybody um, <clears throat> this question. What advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. I'd say don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I'd say don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Simple wisdom from Lisa Gunger. <laughs> I love it. So um, for those of us that maybe want to follow you and your work, what's the best way? Um, music, we can find your music everywhere. How about this book? You want us to go Amazon, your website, yeah. local bookstore? What's the best spot? Yeah, um, you. so I have lisagunger.com. You can purchase the book at lisagunger.com. You can purchase it at amazon.com. And yeah, I think anyone out there would leave a review i would really love that and appreciate it but i'm really thankful to have this out there for everyone to read and yeah thank you right on. for talking to me about it today absolutely yeah. well thank you for your time and generosity and um for putting something beautiful in the world can we uh can we get you on again maybe lisa gunger 2.0 sometime next year yeah absolutely i love that i think we got a little bit more down the road of wonder so we will yeah. definitely make that happen well beautiful well thank you so much lisa all right thanks so much Hey, if you enjoyed this conversation with Lisa today, make sure you go to lisagunger.com and get a copy of this latest book, 
the most beautiful thing I've seen. If you enjoyed all of the music that was woven throughout today's conversation, it was graciously given to us by Gunger to use, and you can tell that these are wonderful, brilliant, creative, curious, and talented souls putting unbelievable music into the world. So make sure you go check out what they're doing. And also, if you're enjoying these conversations, would you mind going to iTunes and leaving us a review? One of the things we've found is that the more of you that show up and tell us some good, true, and beautiful remarks of what we're doing here, um, we are finding that that is one way to help us get this information and content into more hands and hearts across the world. And that's our hope. So um, if you wouldn't mind doing that, we would really appreciate it. And lastly, as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid. Listen to the bluebirds sing and be love. <laughs>